0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. My name is Dr. David Clay. So, what do you do when you're in a situation and circumstances where you're outnumbered? Um, many, many more of them than there are of you, and uh, <laughs> you don't agree, obviously. Uh, with what they're either saying or doing. Maybe you're a bit unprepared in the sense that it's sort of an ambush. You didn't see it coming, but now that you're in the middle of it, now that you've had time to assess the situation, uh, recognize and realize exactly what you're facing, (laughs) it doesn't look good. It looks pretty bleak. What do you do? Many would say, you give up, you surrender. No, no, no. At least I still think, I believe there's still individuals who would think that that's not the right answer. Now, how you go about fighting the fight is probably more so than, than whether you fight the fight, an appropriate consideration. There's many ways to fight fights. Uh, You can be outright aggressive, uh, meaning you can take the battle to them. Um, and Maybe they'll surrender. Uh, Maybe they'll run away. Maybe they'll go away. Um, You can try to talk it out. Maybe that's the first thing you should do is try to talk it out, strategize, Consider options, uh, apply logic and reasoning, employ education, knowledge, um, be somewhat sophisticated, not just go fight, (laughs) or someone either wins and the other loses, or or, uh, there's casualties that go along with that, winning and losing. You can think it through. You can be rational. You can be reasonable. You can present a rational, reasonable presentation uh, of the, the concerns. You can make an appeal to their reasoning and logic and rationality. Maybe that works. Um, of course, we've already said you could run. You could quit. You could give up. You could concede. Oh, I really don't mean that, though. I'll just... Act like, I agree, yes, but that really doesn't help either. There is one truth, I think, or at least uh, one in application to or, or relevant to our, our conversation today on the podcast that bullies don't ever stop, it's never enough, uh, they always want more. Um, Not only do they want you to or another to not uh, dissent, not to go against them, but at the same time they want to totally and completely dominate, control. Maybe that is essential to being a bully. Uh, Now, bullying sounds bad enough. Uh, We've done a lot in our society or from a societal standpoint to counter bullying. Put programs in schools, um, um, advertisements, media, presentations, um, public service announcements (laughs) on, don't bully, it's not good. Um, So, as much as again we've done all those things, it's pretty common I suppose um, we all recognize the consequences of being bullied, especially as a child, uh, but it continues into adulthood. It's just age is the only difference. But, but at some point, bullying, if, if it's on a continuum, if you put it on a line, as it progresses, and I, that's what I'm trying to say, it will get worse as it goes along, it turns into a predatory Aspect or dimension. Not only is it... you. Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. My name is Dr. Michael David Clay. Welcome back. Uh, I think we should talk about bullying. Um, We all know what it is. Uh, There's certainly been enough said. (laughs) Public service wise about the topic of bullying, Uh, whether we apply it to school or we apply it to affirmative action. It's the same thing. Uh, The dominant culture, if too dominant, if there's no check or a balance in it, will always end up not only dominating, but bullying. And with that, if there's bullying, it can go a little further, even to the point of being predatory. Now, now what do I mean by predatory? Um, Just like it sounds, it sounds pretty bad when you say it. But there is a place where it all crosses the so-called line from saying, this is the right way to do it, to you've got to do it my way, to if you don't do it my way, Uh, You never can be long or be part of it. And even so, more so, uh, I am going to do everything I can to totally and completely eradicate, to remove, to take away anything I don't (laughs) agree with. Now, I can't do it alone. That's the point. When I use a phrase like dominant culture, group those in charge, even things like the man, the person who has the capability, the capacity, the authority to press the button, right? That button being, ah, uh, I'm going to do it my way. And if you don't cooperate, then this is the consequence. And then can make that happen. Now, arguably, I think, <laughs> doesn't sound too confident, but I think it's sound, what I'm about to say. We're all capable of that. How do I know that? Watch a group of children at play. Now, there are certainly some by nature. Genetics, I suppose, born that way, hard to really, though, completely separate out the nurturance side of that, the psychosocial or the social influence, because immediate to one's birth, it's already influencing. Some families are more passive than others. There is such a thing probably as this gets down passed down generationally. One quickly then begins to manifest either a dominant or a submissive sort of character. Some again presuming might be born more passive, some might be presuming genetics might be more be born more inclined to be aggressive but but even in that it's what you do with that <laughs> when we talk about kids bullying again is really easily seen most of us have been bullied subject to that hopefully you've not been the one bullying but what do we usually teach our children hopefully early on in life cooperate share <laughs> don't be mean don't beat somebody up. Play fair. At least that's what we used to teach our kids. But it doesn't seem to be working. We seem to be living in a society, a world, society being a social structure, a group of peoples comprised of individuals that really do not know or want. Maybe it's want or know how to share. Cooperate. Now, again, no single person could go out and take over the world. The numbers would be against you. But at the same time, I do believe there is room for an individual or as individuals for us to influence the world in which we live. Now, how do you do that? (laughs) You certainly don't get away with going out and simply imposing your will. There are some individuals that have gotten pretty far, <laughs> it's got some good traction and gotten pretty far uh, upon that premise, whether it's, again, historically a country or countries in the world, uh, maybe, maybe in some microcosm sort of way, a small group, there is always that individual that seems to dominate. Uh, Oddly enough, they do tend to collect the passive persons, those with passive personalities. I don't know that they like to be dominated, but once again, maybe that's what they were conditioned to, socialized to, taught to as they were growing up as situations in their life unfolded. But I think we all would agree, again, arguably so, that's not a good thing. It should not be that way. But how do you unwind that? <laughs> Especially if we, it is true we do live in a society that seems not only to be made up of at least a couple of prominent cultures, <laughs> dominant cultures, um, but don't know how to get along, don't know how to cooperate. Oddly enough, even in that context of a dominant culture, you could say, well, what's the basis of that? What's the attraction? Uh, how do they emerge? What's the, what do they look like? You know, and you can measure those. You can try to measure those in terms of just physical appearances, um, what they look like from the outside, make it descriptive. Sociology is all about that. It's just studying people's systems. How they interact, they relate. I was going to use the word correlate. And that's probably an okay word because they have to co-relate. But this dominance, dominant culture, this bullying, even somewhat to the extent of them being coming predatory, where an individual then goes beyond just kind of imposing one's will, but gets to the place where they go about destroying anything before it might even begin to sort of suggest someone might have an opposite opinion to eradicate it if that's not predicated established in something more than just the superficials what it looks like the common dimensions it's probably going to end up being not only wrong, it sounds wrong implicitly so, just me saying it, but it's not going to work because eventually in the end, even if you should have a dominant culture, it tends to self-destruct. Why? Because even within the dominant culture, there tends to be this inclination for somebody to take control, to want to run the show and not tolerate or put up with as they used to say maybe still say with anything different now why this is important though is as much that we would try to measure then the common dimensions it isn't about commonality in that physical outward sort of manifestation it's not about race creed or color it's not what it's about It could be about money. I think that obviously has some play in it because money is a resource, but usually money is only as valuable as it can get you something, which in this case, for those who would be money-driven, it'd be about dominance and control. It always is. Physical strength, characteristically so. We might be sociologists here, as a sociologist might measure it. Socioeconomic status, of physical dominance, height. I mean, there's all sorts of angles you could take. Men, women. Now, now, we are left, I think, already presently in this culture in which we live, which seems to have, at least at this moment, two primary dominant cultures which, as you might already determine, I don't believe can be determined by just looking at the surface, sort of facts. Facts are important, but there's something even more important than the facts, what we see. But I am not entirely sure, though, that within that way of looking at it, that really we're not missing the point. Because it seems like that's exactly what we're doing. We're arguing over all of these superficials. Well, you're this color skin. You're that color skin. You're this much money. You're that much money. You went to school. You didn't go to school. You were born in this geographical area. You were born in this geographical area. You've had more opportunities. (laughs) There was something out there that gave you an advantage. You were born tall. You were born strong. You were born beautiful. (laughs) You know, oddly enough, most of those things have absolutely, positively nothing to do with the person. It's just fortune. It's just maybe luck. They just happen to be from a particular place of a particular even lineage, (laughs) that got lucky. They were at the right place at the right time. Now, is there anything wrong with that? No, it's fortune. It's opportunity. I do believe good things in life include recognition of opportunity. It isn't always going to be delivered in its finished form or result, but the opportunity is going to be there. But if all we're chasing down is the material aspects of this, we've therein neglected the spiritual. And, of course, this is what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. Of course, we would all be about, then, on this podcast, the spiritual. But I really think that's where we are. It's not about skin color. It's not about money. It's not about opportunity even in the sense of where you are geographically or not. Whether you position yourself to to maximize your opportunities, which again, I don't know is all that bad. But it can't be at the expense of another and it can't include, well, I don't want you having any of this. Or if you have it, give it all to me because I think you should, which maybe you should. That's a biblical message, but I'm not going to be as inclined. I don't think anybody would be as inclined to give it to somebody that you're pretty sure is not going to do the right thing with it. Now, maybe you go ahead and do that anyhow. Maybe that's just part of it. I do believe in a biblical context, the word of God inclines us as Christians to have so much faith and confidence in Him, God, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit to believe that no matter what we do with material dimensions, God can fix it. It's just the way it works. There is never going to be an end to God's ability to either be creative, which is going to be necessary to fixing any problems that we might otherwise create, but even take are somewhat destructive bent, as we're speaking of it today, to look at things in only material terms and not turn them around to something awesome. He is a God of the living, not the dead. Creativity. He knows how to bring good things to life. Sorry, GE. But not getting off the point too much. So, what seems to really be going on in the way of this inability to cooperate, this bullying, this even predatory dimension that our society come to is, it is a dominant culture of thought and ideology. It is spiritual entirely. Now, most of the fighting that we're going to see or that we are seeing, the social unrest the social justice warriors, those individuals that have taken it upon themselves to, as they've looked at a situation, and by the way, many of them have not really been around long enough to know all the ins and outs, have not really studied the history enough to know all the dimensions of what's going on, do not even understand the dynamics enough, may not be spiritually as inclined Certainly, if they're fighting in the streets, if they're rioting, rather than just simply protesting, they don't understand even the spiritual dimension, or predominantly it should be the spiritual dimension of this. This is not a battle of peoples here, and historically, that's the problem. Humans make it a battle of things, make it a battle of resources, make it a battle of peoples, and then they try to figure out how to associate or put them together in such a way as to create a sense of right and wrong. Well, we're all this color skin, so we all think the same way, and we all know what it's like to be this color skin. And it's unfair that somebody else of a different color skin seems to be winning more than we are, have more money than we are. Uh, It's a matter of age. (laughs) It's unfair that old people have money (laughs) and resources. Don't consider the fact that they've been around a long time, the possibility that they had to earn it or work for it. Instead, give it to us. Give it to us because we deserve to be equal. Because we're younger, should not be some sort of liability. I know those sound a little little bit over the top, probably are, but it's got some of the flavor. And dare I go to things that really are controversial and (laughs) just mess this whole podcast completely up. Because at that moment, I am likely then to tap into the so-called motherlode of this conflict. There is a spiritual battle going on. There are those who continue to measure the world in material dimensions and are fighting over them, which makes sense because that's all they've got. They don't understand God's mind. They don't understand moving God's hands through prayer. They do not understand the royal law. They do not understand forgiveness. They do not understand the message of Jesus Christ. Why? They've not grown up, one, but they've not bothered to read. They've not bothered to study the Word of God. They've not bothered even to study the lesser versions or models of the Holy Spirit as He might manifest Himself in human form, because all of us are born with the measure of the Holy Spirit, not all of us, though, grow up. Not all of us get to the place where we actualize in a physical dimension, emotional, psychological, bodily, spiritual, generic sort of spirituality. They don't get to that point where they manifest Christ. Now, to manifest Christ, you have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because he is the Christ and with that acknowledge that the Holy Spirit by proxy virtue of Jesus Christ our acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior then is given full permission to manifest self manifest himself from within us but that doesn't mean he's not in us and working on behalf of us even while we're lost our being lost is a head thing it's not a heart thing necessarily except that our head would so bully our heart and predominate because it, it too, is a material manifestation. Thoughts, intellect, paradigm are all bodily parts of the psychological function. They're not divine. They can be sanctified by the Word of God to be useful in accomplishing God's will in material dimension, And he certainly has equipped humans to do that. Highest order on planet Earth, the human. But at the same time, if humans are not inclined to understand God's word, to read of his spirit, to know of these things, to allow them themselves, as they accept Jesus Christ, to allow them within themselves, allow them within themselves, the Holy Spirit to take control of their life, They're going to be fighting. They may not all fight in the streets. There's different modes of warfare. There's social. There's emotional. There's educational. But it all kind of comes down to one or the other. It's divisive in that sense. And Jesus came not to divide but to unite. But when you move in that direction of understanding the mission of Christ... Specifically, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, as He would manifest, be manifest in the fruit of the Spirit, expressed in the fruit of the Spirit. Namely, love. The Word of God, as it would define us, define even in natural terms, what life in natural regard is going to be like, but how in supernatural dimension... With Holy Spirit operations in place, with the Holy Spirit having that control in our life, not only may we negotiate the spiritual parts of us with the pragmatic aspects of a lot of potential conflict in life, not everybody's gonna be rich, not everybody's gonna be beautiful, not everybody's gonna land a contract with the NBA or the NFL. Not everybody's going to play college sports. Not everybody's going to get a Ph.D. (laughs) Not everybody is going to be a so-called winner. Don't stop trying. If you have it in you, God's blessed you, go ahead. But you can't lie, cheat, steal, (laughs) or bully to make that happen. You have to work within what god gives you and have then at least enough confidence and faith in god to trust that what he has given you is exactly the portion and the measure that you should have you know if we could only have been if this could have only have happened this way it doesn't matter it happened the way it happened Sometimes there's room for correction. We do have input. Does God get mad at us or somehow curse us for trying to be the best we can? No. He wants us to do that. But he also wants us to find contentment in what we are and what he's created us to be. That could include physical, genetic, bodily dimensions. But it also includes social dimensions, It's like that old Marlon Brando film. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, so why in the world am I bringing it up except to say, I could have been a contender. Well, you are a contender, but contending for what? What are you after? What brings satisfaction and contentment? What are you contending for? I can tell you. If it's an up, there will be a down. If you got it, there will surely be those, again getting back to that notion of lost, who aren't sanctified in a bodily way by the Word of God and don't have then the ultimate sanctification or instrument. The Holy Spirit sanctifies in both dimensions. But when you give your life and your body then over to the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ, when you understand because you've studied that and your mind has come to a point where you've been able to discipline yourself and it to accept that as the ultimate win in life, not only material, but, hey, there's a supernatural dimension you're going to discover when you read that. Then you're not going to be fighting over money. (laughs) Or cars. You're not gonna break into stores and steal things. You're not gonna be killing people on the streets. You're not gonna be setting fire to things. You're not gonna be punching your neighbor in the nose. If you get into those things, you're fighting in a lesser order. Yes, there is something to be said about order even in the lesser dimensions. But that gets back to that notion of faith. Give it to them. Don't fight with them about it. It's not conceding defeat. It's confidence that God has a way and he is going to fix it. Will he fix it in my generation? Oh, I hope so. I don't like it. It's painful because it gets everything I was taught, everything I was brought up to be because it was based on the word of God and really even in a secular sense. American values. Me being an American, United States of America, apologetically so, because I know there is South America. United States of America. But at the same time, if I don't have faith, how can I look at that mountain and say, be ye removed? If I only look at the mountain and say, there is no way in the world that mountain's going down except that I blow it up. What is that? It may deserve to be blown up, and in the end, it may deserve to be removed, and in the end, it may ideally, ultimately be removed. Maybe I'll see it in my lifetime. However, most mountains are not necessarily removed in that way. But if it doesn't get removed, then individually, though I am not part of a dominant culture in the sense of the physical And yes, there is that dominant culture of those two that I've mentioned early on in our podcast today, in our program today, that approaches it all from material dimension, does not have any of this wisdom of the Holy Spirit, has not read God's Word, does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, does not have the living God within them, alive within them, Holy Spirit within them. And they're going to bully. (laughs) And it's not going to end with bullying. They're going to be predatory. But as believers, we must have faith and confidence. We can push back. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. Just know where the line is. Know where God would want you to go with it. And realize the moment that you cross that line, Whether it's just simply ideological, whether it's speaking your mind as with the mind of God, the mind of Christ, whether it's going out despite the fact that they tell you you can't do it, doing it, there is a place for civil disobedience. But at the same time, you can't resort to violence. You can't resort to bullying, which really kind of almost doesn't sound that bad, but when I use words like predatory, murderers, (gasps) did I say that right? Murderers. You can't do that. You can't do that. The devil is a murderer. We're not, at least not as believers. God did not call any human being to be a murderer. Now, is there self-defense? I suppose. I say that only because probably in the end, even God would want us to turn the other cheek there. Uh, Think of Stephen. Am I going to ask you to do that? No. Am I confident I would do that? No. I am not resorting to hypocrisy, which is another one of those features. In the name of Jesus. And then they'll go out and beat people up. Dominate, control. Control. It is a very, very difficult thing to do when you're going to the cross. But you don't carry it alone. Jesus is there. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He yokes up with you. He carries, helps you to carry that. He helps you to bear your cross. He did it first. He did it for you. But you will have to go through some of the same things. Why? Because it's not changed since Jesus was here. It's really not changed since the beginning of time. When Cain slew Abel, it was about the same thing. He was jealous over Abel. God liked him better. He gave the more righteous sacrifice. And probably, though Cain might not admit this, Though he needed protection, he certainly was. God, even in his benevolence, protected Cain after he did this ultimate of things, this most horrible of things, despicable, despisable before God, by killing his brother and murdering his brother. But it was already the thought that Cain did not have faith in the same way that Abel had faith. Wherever there's faith, there's not going to be murder. But you don't have faith except that you would have God because there's nothing else that's going to give you enough courage and faith to face the realities which God tells you about. The Old Testament tells you clearly not only about the natural consequences and contingencies and consequences of the natural order of life, but what will happen when all of us, as humans, decide we're going to follow the way of the natural order of life rather than his divine order, which would be then the royal law. He tells you what that is. The Ten Commandments come down to two. Two great commandments of Christ No, there is but one God who orders it all and you need to be content in that. Jesus did say that. I'm adding that. No, there is but one God and then serve Him with all your body and I should say with the help of the Holy Spirit and then to love others as you love yourself. Now, again, in ideal sort of terms, The world would be a great place if we all did that, but it's not, and it won't be until Jesus comes again. Whether it's murder in the streets, whether it's looting in the streets, whether it's burning cities down, or whether it's somebody who kills somebody in the bedroom when they break into their house to steal, or whether it's somebody who sells somebody bad drugs so they overdose, or whether it's a murder-suicide where a couple decides to take their cats Set in a car and asphyxiate themselves it's still murder it's the wrong way to go why because it has no faith or courage implicit in it that <laughs> can i get mad yes i can get angry <laughs> is it okay probably all right i gotta watch because there's a line and i will cross it if i don't watch God suffers righteous indignation. It's hard to call mine righteous, though, because there's no thought in my mind that probably, outside of the Holy Spirit, that would be anywhere close to righteous. The Holy Spirit would give me that thought. Would then, as I turn my life over to the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ, the Word of God sanctifies my body. He's not going to tell me to do bad things. He talks to me. He does. He does. Am I crazy? Listen to last week's podcast or the last podcast. Yes, I suppose I am. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit, and he's not going to lead me into temptation. He will deliver me from evil. Sometimes you have to defend yourself but I don't think that's God's way. And for the sake of where we are and when Jesus will eventually come again, maybe we're not there yet. But I know if we don't start with this thought in mind, we could go out and completely and utterly destroy not only the other dominant culture, which, right, blood on our hands will destroy ourselves in the process anywhere there was shedding of blood there was a consequence yes the shedding of blood was for the remission of sins but it started with the shedding of blood and what is the ultimate of all sins (laughs) bullying dominance control predatory be king of the world not my little world And God will give you your little world. Uh, In him, you can have dominion over your body. But it only is in him, and really it isn't you, it's him. But if you understand what that faith walk is all about, what turning your life over to Jesus is all about, then you've accepted you don't run your life well. That's what I confessed earlier. I do not run my life well. It's hard to resist the temptation, though, to go chasing after somebody else who's not running their life well and, again, fall into that trap of hypocrisy. Take this beam out of your own eye before you fool with the splinter in your brothers. But if we don't start with that premise, we've already made a good way, a distance down that road to perdition, the sign of perdition it will eventually end up in our self-destruction it will eventually end up in our serving the devil not god and the prideful ways of the devil which has all potential to be in us as well except that we would understand the weapons of our warfare are not carnal (laughs) they're not in physical dimensions but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Is it an ideology? Is it ideological? Yes, it starts with a word. It starts with or includes always some degree of education. Read the word of God. But it ends with your laying down your life, not necessarily for another, but for the sake of God and Christ and I believe the direction of the Holy Spirit. No greater love hath any one than to lay down his life for another. Now, am I asking you to do that? I am not. Could I again do that? I'm not sure. I'd like to. I'd like to say, yes, I will. But I don't know. And there's been plenty of times that I haven't. In small measure, But if he can't trust you in the small stuff, what's he going to do with the big stuff? I just want you to think, though, you're in a battle, but it's a spiritual warfare. We want the word of God, the Christian faith, the kingdom of God to be the dominant culture. We've enjoyed that in the United States for years, decades, since its inception, probably for those that came to North America and formed the United States of America. It's generational. It's still generational for many of us. But the generational thing really doesn't matter if we resort to living in any way other than the godly way. And if anything matters... It would be to help others understand the godly way so that they might become part of grafted into the vine. They could become part of not a church, not an ideology, not a name, not a label, not a color of skin, not a blended skin, not a socionomic, everybody's equal, communistic, socialistic sort of premise, but a godly one. There'll be ups and downs. There'll be opportunities. Do some folks appear to be incredibly lucky or favored of God? Yes. Does God favor? I suppose it has to be. Am I one of those most favored? I don't know. Sometimes I think I'd not. But if I start to think that more than I appreciate the blessings I have, I'm in trouble. God has given me life and good health. What more could I ask for? He's given me friends, opportunities to love people. And he's given me more than that. I am blessed. I live in the United States of America, the greatest country on earth. But is it because of any human thought? Is it because of any doctrinal thought? Is it even because of the Constitution, if the Constitution wasn't inspired by the Word of God, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit, which is the product then of all that genealogy, the generations of the knowledge of the Word of God, the living God? Is it better than the Ten Commandments? No, the Constitution is the Ten Commandments, it's lesser, it speaks, it's got a lot more commandments, or at least premises, than certainly the two great commandments. But it has to be rooted in those, or it won't work. If it's worked, it's because not only it's been rooted in those, but the people who comprise the United States of America abide in that. Yes, we need to get back to God, but we need to stop killing one another, We need to stop fighting one another. You don't take money from the rich and give it to the poor. Let God do that. He will do that better than you can. Affirmative action. God is always about affirmative action. If we just get out of the way and allow him to show us how to make that happen. That's the problem, though. There's a good bit. We'll soon be truly a dominant culture more (laughs) than those that understand these things I'm speaking to today, that's rooted in the Word of God. And we will have to understand. We're not losing. We're just in bondage. Captivity. Daniel. We have to serve Nebuchadnezzar. But we don't have to concede. We don't have to give up our faith, the foundations of our faith. We do not have to give up those things that are holy and divine. And it may end up being our demise. It didn't kill Daniel, though. They wanted to. They tried to. It didn't work. And what in the end happened? Nebuchadnezzar passed on. God had his way. The people returned. Ezra and Nehemiah. Read the books. Jesus will Come again, and it will be the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. But it'll be because of the kingdom of heaven in anything that is on earth rather than vice versa. The kingdom of God does not make the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven in the vessels then bring forth, express, manifest, not only the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit as He would construct the kingdom. God is better at putting it all together. We need to trust Him. Now, (laughs) I try to always bring it to some sort of relevance when it comes to what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services and Christian Counseling Ministry. If you don't live this way in the small things, you're not going to have them in the big things. My job, our work, is to help you become the best that you can be in Christ Jesus. But don't be better than Jesus. You can't. And don't presume you're better than God. It won't work. And you can't do that except that you're coming out of the wrong spirit. My job, if you should come see me, is to help you realize that. To find out really what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you as he's speaking to you, instructing you to do. I am, believe it or not, trained and equipped in that. But more so, more than training and being equipped in the bodily or the secular dimensions, the psychological counseling, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And He lives within me. And I believe when you come see me, He's alive in you. Now, now, should you not have him alive in you, go find him. He's in the Word. you can't miss it. It's called the Bible, the Holy Scripture. You begin either in Genesis, you begin you can begin in, in Matthew. does not matter. You can just open it up and begin. It's all anointed. Immediately he will start to bring you to the full revelation of who Jesus is. Holy Spirit, he. And then you'll get this wonderful chance to say, yes, Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior. And I turn my life over to you and the Holy Spirit. And at that point, when you come see me, as the Holy Spirit is alive in you, we can't go wrong. He's alive in me. He's alive in you. And God has a plan. It's all going to work out in the end. But it requires us to die first to ourselves. And even if it should be at the hands of another, if it's according to that premise, the Holy Spirit's guidance and leading, then it's got to be right. So, until, until this all gets resolved, should Jesus come again before we get another podcast in? Or situations and circumstances go a lot worse, maybe they'll be better. God's benevolent. He loves us. may not be over yet for us. Uh, Take care of yourself. (laughs) Allow him to protect you. And until we get together again, may the love of God just be in your heart. Again, thank you for joining me today on What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. My name is Dr. Michael David Clay. Thanks.